0: monetizing digital services since 2004 boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone awg where innovation meets monetization linkedin presents welcome to the human capital innovations podcast where your source for personal professional and organizational growth and development about the critical importance of proactive employee risk management Clint van vonwickck welcome to the human capital innovations podcast
1: hey how you doing John
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Texas. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the critical importance of proactive employee risk management, uh, generally speaking, but also specifically in relation to uh, COVID risk and uh, making sure we have safe... Uh, places to work for our people. Uh, as we get started, I wanted to share Clint's bio with everyone. Clint <laughs> is the CEO and co founder of SaferMe. He is a serial entrepreneur that specializes in startup businesses that tackle new and difficult safety problems. Now he's championing SaferMe's mission to help businesses, schools, and government entities keep their people safe by utilizing new contact tracing technologies safe for me is used in more than 60 countries around the world and its clients include fortune 500 companies government agencies and many high profile brands again clint a pleasure to have you anything else you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on into the conversation
1: oh no not not particularly i mean you you've uh, i was just about to call you mate but to John is the <laughs> John. John is the way that we're meant to meant <clears> that. Um, you can hear from my accent and and uh, and um, lingo. I guess the things that I say. But I'm from New Zealand, down from the deep south. Uh, but currently in Austin, Texas. So um, we obviously started um, uh, many, many years ago. But during the COVID pandemic. Uh, Supplied the New Zealand government, uh, and then subsequent to that, uh, a lot of different uh, companies in the US, and um, subsequent to that, a lot of companies that are being prepared for what's coming next. So that's that's what we do. And if that's of interest to you, happy to dig in and share some of those learnings. Yeah, that's,
0: that's wonderful. Thank you, Clint. And this is something everyone's been dealing with for a long time. And of course, contract, t- contact tracing is an important piece of all of this and having a, a safe workplace environment and dealing with employee risk around the, the pandemic. Um, but there are so many different aspects of risk that organizations are facing all the time. Uh, and so having a general proactive mindset around employee risk mm-hmm. management is super important. So we're going to Dive in and unpack all of that together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit more about Safe for Me, uh, a little bit about the history and background of Safe for Me? You just provided a little bit of a teaser, mm-hmm. but a little bit more, and then we can dive into the contact tracing elements and some of what you're doing today around proactive employee risk management.
1: Yeah, so we Safe for Me specializes in predictive safety, so that by nature uh, forces us to be uh, at the edge of what's possible. Uh, and we've been doing that for a long time uh, uh, since 2015, which is going going back away now. Uh, so that means we're always we've always been focused on where someone is relative to risk, and whether they're approaching risk or about to do something uh, dangerous. And it just so happened that we had already built a lot of the key technology required um, for the proximity of people to risk. And during the pandemic itself, it was actually the proximity of people to people. That became a risk so that is part of what we do and happy to talk about what people what large companies in particular are doing with regard to pandemic readiness because that's that's really what's a focus for a lot of uh bcp business continuity planning teams and that's that has a whole little special sub-speciality in its own right um primarily around how to respond fast enough so if a, if the next thing comes the next pandemic arrives how is it that you actually respond with speed this time because although everyone had an excuse last time a lot of businesses are thinking okay we can't get caught with our pants down a second time around um so that means being ready and how how do you go about being ready so there there's, there's a whole piece of work around that but say for me itself is actually. Re- always been around predictive safety Um, and we've got a number of tools in that space uh, as well and as well as um, safety management software generally um, which is the core underlying yeah thank you and the reality is I mean now we're getting to the
0: point Mm -hmm. where I I, I guess the the terminology is we've moved from pandemic to endemic Um, so it's something we're still concerned about Um, we certainly got caught with our, our pants down the last time around um, the reality is, even if perhaps we're out of the scariest times of, of the COVID pandemic, um, there will be others like this. <laughs> it's, it's just the way the world is now. Like, And we had others before COVID that unfortunately mm-hmm. didn't spread as much, but but there will be other similar types of risks in the future. And hopefully we learned some really important lessons uh, from these last few years so that we're better you know capable to to meet the the challenges that might come so mm-hmm. what what have you found from the organizations you've worked with those that were really well prepared those that weren't so well prepared um what lessons are mm-hmm. learned you know so that we can make a difference moving into the future the next time we get hit with you know some major crisis some uh, mm-hmm. a pandemic or whatever the case may be
1: yeah i mean it's 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 interesting having having supplied so many companies you get to see which ones respond best and there's there tends to be a pattern that the best responding businesses will typically have a multidisciplinary team involved in that response and what that means is not just having the HR department not just the safety department it's not just the execs trying to solve these things and push down solutions it's really bringing um, people who are actually on the ground doing the work and your IT team, your HR team, so a multidisciplinary team that knows how to implement quickly. Um, and if that's not there, you it's very difficult for a large business to respond in the speed that's required. So I guess, I guess that's the first thing. And that, and amongst the BCP challenges, pandemic readiness has a few unique aspects. And what we're seeing now is a trend towards pandemic readiness, which is okay. People are are taking a breath and thinking, right, now this is, for our business, perhaps this is a slightly lower risk. Now we can reassess what it is we're going to do right next time. What have we really learned? So there's been a little bit of breathing space, uh, especially now coming into summer. So what being being pandemic prepared means is typically you want to have your vendors pre-approved. So a unique problem uh, with responding to a pandemic is just how quickly you have to gear up. And if you're a very large company, uh, any well, even mid-size, so anything over around 4,000 staff, roughly, above that size, it, they typically can't respond faster than 30 days. Um, so you really have to be have your vendors pre-approved. So that means your IT team and security teams already uh, reviewed them. Um, you... Uh, pre-trained a few of your key people on how to use these things, uh, how to roll it out, how to communicate about uh, what they are, um, and a bunch of other things besides. So just being just being ready to go is is quite important. Um, and the larger the company, uh, the more important that becomes because you're, you're, the impact of a pandemic is actually larger, and the ability to respond is it's actually much more difficult for the large companies. That's one thing. And then I guess also rating the risk for your industry so that the businesses that really care about these uh, being extremely well prepared, uh, typically of food preparation, manufacturing, mining, construction, uh, critical logistics. These are the industries where you you must be together to do your job. And if going down or a, a whole set of factories going down for a set period of time is is disastrous. Um, for example, so it's also being realistic. So some businesses can work from home and and can easily pull right. that lever, but not everyone's in that basket, and not all aspects of every business is in that basket. So
0: monetizing digital services since two thousand four, boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization.
1: Yes, yeah, just a few things to think
0: about. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, And it does actually lead to, you know, the current debates around in-person face-to-face work versus Mm -hmm. remote or hybrid. My hope is after the last three years that most organizations would have at least wrestled with those topics enough to be Mm -hmm. ready to pivot a little bit faster, uh, a little bit more. I mean, everyone had to pivot. They had no choice (laughs) the last time around um because of lockdowns and restrictions and everything but uh but hopefully now you know organizations mm-hmm. have worked through some of that and they're, they're going to be in a better position to to respond quickly in in a more effective way uh if if those types of um situations arise again which they probably will at some point but like you said not every organization or not every part of our, every organization can go fully remote mm-hmm. uh, and so don't let's not forget the lessons we've learned through all the hard work that happened over the last couple of years of how to respond to those types of situations, um, so that we we hopefully can do it even better the next time and uh, provide a better experience for employees who are dealing with a lot of stuff, a lot of stress um, as the world you know is revolving around them with a lot of turmoil. Um, maybe you can t- tell us a little bit more uh, specifically around the the contact tracing technologies. Um, that were utilized um, with safe for me and, and what those and, and your, your platform and and software, what it'll allow organizations to do um, moving into the future as new threats arise.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. So for a business, a really high quality contact tracing solution is all about work continuation. So it's around having better data so that you can make smarter decisions. Um, and that's essentially what Safe Me was all about delivering during the, the major waves of the COVID pandemic and then preparing companies to be ready for the next one. Now, when it comes to the solution itself, it's essentially a small credit card sized uh, um, Bluetooth enabled device that anonymously stores data on it and nothing is transferred from that from that card until the button is pushed by the person wearing it. So each, each um, employee just wears a badge as normal. And then if there is a pandemic or an event and data is needed on, okay, who is at risk in our company, the person who's sick generally will push their own button in order to try and you know make the right people aware inside the business and keep their other employees safe, the other people they work with and share that information with their HR team. So, what happens now in, in most organisations that aren't using high quality technology is they'll literally call someone up while they're at home, um, going through a whole lot of strain and stress, being sick, and try to ask them, "Okay, who have you been near? Who's how bad is our exposure?" And that's just not right. So, uh,
0: well, I was going to ask that about button, that.
1: You can share the information and and get to the bottom of things much much faster. And instead of you, you know shutting down a whole site. Or 20 or 30 people having to go home, it it's might only be four or five people that yeah. have to take a few extra precautions for a couple of extra days, do a round of testing. Okay, great. Everyone else can just carry on working and feeling confident that really professional systems are in place. So that's that's essentially what the product does.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's really cool. And I I can Mm -hmm. really base off of my experience and the experience of my Mm -hmm. family. You know, we saw a whole variety of ways that organizations have approached this in the past and hopefully they'll approach it even better in the future. Um, you know, I'm a university professor is my day job. And so, um, Mm -hmm. we had all sorts of protocols in place at the university, uh, and they had a contract, a contact tracing team put in Mm -hmm. place that essentially did like Mm -hmm. you just described. Um, so there was no technology utilized. Um, it, it was fine, I guess, but not great. Um, I had, you know, three daughters who were, um, working, uh, and some of them worked in places that seemed to almost give no attention to this, mm-hmm. <laughs> which shocked me. Um, and then, but I had one daughter who worked at, um, a company called in and out that you may be mm-hmm. familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very, very proactive, um, they primarily did the 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 phone contact tracing, um, but but they were very thorough, far more thorough than any other organization that I that that I personally experienced. Uh, and so I appreciated that for my daughter's health, for my family's health. Um, but I can only imagine the amount of time, manpower that went in to the the phone calls and just tracking everything um, mm-hmm. manually the way it seems like they did. I'm sure they used some sort of software, but. But largely, it seemed like it was phone calls, um, mm. and and that just seems onerous and really challenging. And it it's no wonder why many organizations didn't do very a very good job with the contact tracing.
1: Yeah, it's actually not it's not easy to do well if you're doing it manually. And the larger your employee base, then obviously the more difficult it gets because you're dealing with the permutations of contact between people, uh, and then it just takes a, a few meetings that you've forgotten. And mm-hmm. what's the point in calling someone and asking all these questions? And then they forget five or six people that, that were actually right. key contacts. So if, if you've got accurate data, um, as I say, you can make really accurate, fast decisions. And a lot of the time, it, it significantly reduces cost for the mm-hmm. company because you're not having to spend all the time interviewing and you're actually getting accurate results about who is or is not at risk and usually it's it's less people at risk if you've got better data and therefore more people can continue right. working feeling like they're being looked after properly so that's what technology makes available and i guess another key thing for business people to know is just that it's possible mm-hmm. um, a, a contact tracing as a term is not well uh it didn't do well in the public sphere, especially in the in the government state level, um, and that's mainly because the data is even harder to gather and harder to engage with your your population. Um, whereas with inside an employee inside a business, people expect to be kept safe. They expect that they it, it's a duty of care that your company has to you yeah. as an employee to look after you, um, and you yourself as an employee also want to keep your work people you work with safe as well. So there's, there's a lot of that. Um, it, it's really quite possible to do a great job inside a business context if you, if you also assist with technology. That's something obviously that we uh, pioneered and developed and, and have rolled out at Safe for um, all across the world uh, starting in New Zealand, but very quickly, um, uh, into many, many, or I think it's over 40, 40 different countries around the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and certainly it seemed like New Zealand was kind of the poster child for good, effective response (laughs) to the pandemic and, and dealing with it in a healthy way and keeping people safe and healthy. Um, so it's, it's no wonder, uh, that, that, uh, all of this emerged, uh, from that context and that you've been able to help a lot of different places. Uh, as we move towards wrapping up, I thought maybe you could share with us your thoughts and insights because I'm sure that you're tracking this space all the time, um, about mm-hmm. what new threats could be out there, et cetera, how companies can respond to them. What do you see as like the biggest things companies should be preparing for, um, say in the next couple of years?
1: Uh, what, what did I say? Predictions about the future are difficult, or there's there's some sort of yogi bearer saying that everyone throws around. It's I, I think it's it being there are a few practical lessons here. Um, one is the obvious one is to to be prepared for a longer duration than two years. So thinking about a ten or twenty year duration is smart if you're a large company. Um, I think there's also some lessons around. The openness and transparency of communication, uh, generally uh, inside companies. So, being able to share the plan that you have for what's coming with your employees, and also to share with them what you do and do not know about what's out there. So, it's it's not wrong to say we don't know what's coming, but this is these are the steps that we're taking to be prepared. And having those sort of honest conversations allows you to uh, also be realistic when threat levels are raised and you can again communicate openly and honestly that we don't necessarily know how bad this next threat is going to be, say a monkeypox or whatever else comes through. However, these are the steps we're taking to to address that. And I, I think trying to be too sure about what it is you, that's happening is a recipe, I'm not going to say for disaster, but it, it undermines trust and it's better to sometimes say that you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. But these, as I say, these are the steps we're taking to be prepared. So obviously, um, as a as a pandemic readiness company and a predictive safety business, we're going to say it's a good idea to be prepared. Um, but then again, there's some the lessons in communication is also equally as important.
0: Yeah, the reality is we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know yeah. exactly what's going to come or how it's going to show up. But what we do know, I mean, that something will happen in or later, yeah. <laughs> um, things do happen. And I mean, we would have to be like the luckiest, uh, everything, the stars would have to align. We'd have to be so lucky to not experience this again. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. just the the world we're in. Uh, we're so interconnected. There's so much um, opportunity for these types of uh, events to arise. Uh, and so we just need to, you know, there, are hopefully more and more safety measures put in place at the government level and, you know, try to protect people, et cetera. But the reality is, you know, this, this we're going to have to deal with this again. So making sure that we're being as proactive as possible, um, that we have the technological tools to assist us when, if, and when, you know, this arises again, uh, and that we, have as a team uh, thought through these issues so that we're not caught flat-footed. We're not Mm going to know exactly what's going to happen or how we're going to respond, but at least we can have some general idea of like how we would approach different scenarios, uh, which will be really important. And something you said earlier, which I think is really, really vital, is the idea of having interdisciplinary teams of people trying Mm to talk through these things and and being proactive around employee risk within their organizations, because in so many places it really is just the HR team or the the risk person or the risk team mm-hmm. uh, or the legal <laughs> counsel, or, you know, do, do you actually have the input from various areas to come up with good solutions, good approaches that are both humane and will help the business uh, to protect itself and to, to keep the doors open, so to speak, and continue to provide the products and services uh, in the economy. And unless we can have, you know, a more interdisciplinary approach and get out of our silos uh more and faster, um, I, I think we're going to find ourselves in these types of situations again, where so many organizations found themselves flat footed last time. Well, Clint, this has been a real pleasure. I note the time I need to let you go here in just a minute. But before we wrap things up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Oh, great. Yes. So if you want to find out more about Safer Me, it's easy. You just go to safer.me right there on the internet and you'll be able to read up all about us. Um, And obviously book a meeting with any of our team to discuss what it is that um, you might need with regard to pandemic readiness or predictive safety generally. That's, That's our passion, something we've been working on for coming up to 10 years now. Final word of the day, better data makes for better decisions
0: good data makes for better decisions. Amen to that. Uh, so important. Thank you, Clint. This has been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Clint and his team can do for you at safe for Me. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. If you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page